So I asked the hospital up last night. What time do you open in the morning? I have to get labs. Had some injections of medicine yesterday, and uh, let's just say, uh, oh, oh, it took uh, mid-afternoon before I stopped uh, uh, the pain was something else. Um, I don't ever want to go through that again. I'm thankful. My specialists, three now are in hospital. They <laughs> got me in. And uh, heading now to just get labs drawn to make sure I'm in a good... My values are good, let's just say. Um, neuropathy pain. Uh, I'm dealing with two issues. Addison's is getting worse. The tumor grew back. Um, so I'm dealing with two different pains. And the Addison's neuropathy pain um, is... Uh, is it tingling? Um, annoying? Like somebody, um, I can't describe it. It's really hard to describe. Uh, ants crawling underneath your skin and then really sharp pain and then this like prickly kind of pain. I don't know if it's the best way I can describe it. I try to describe it to my hospital specialist, my doctor, and uh, he's like, yeah, you're spot on. And yours is severe. Uh, I was literally moaning in some pain. Um, I was exhausted. Sometimes, most of the time, injections, they'll, they'll hit you right away. But because I had so much pain, it takes longer for it to start working. Um, I got educated on nerve receptors and all that. And how Addison's um, will start firing off nerve receptors. And um, sometimes I get false nerve pain, but it's nerve pain and neuropathy. And then I have the tumor that's pushing on organs, so uh, it wasn't a good day yesterday. I'm glad, though, I podcast and uh, did a video of what it's like. Because uh, I think it's important people understand uh, chronic illness. It goes hand in hand with chronic pain, and this stuff is not a joke. Uh, it was holy hell. And then I did one with Eric. And uh, he's enough to give anybody severe anxiety. He definitely gives me anxiety. And uh, I had spoke to someone last night, third party, and uh, going over his behavior and things. And uh, let's just say I got into the right hands who pegged Eric um, verbatim. So trying to figure out we're dealing with we're dealing with an addict and uh, I said no way there's no way there's no way I'm dealing with an addict and I didn't know it and I was told yes you have people don't need to be addicts and um, by prescription medications and usually it's pain medicine people don't need to be labeled as an addict as I was told because of taking medication. I mean, I lock everything up. I'm not joking. I have a closet. Everything's locked up. I have a safe box. The closet has a lock. I only have the keys. Um, everything that I that he's uh, shown me that his addiction that I realize now I'm dealing with an addict. Um, anything he, he's shown me that I'm a little sketchy on or I don't trust him, I've locked up. And he's fully aware. I lock it up. And he's not said a word. Um, but yesterday, just uh, taking, when finally the medication stuff hit, and uh, talking some serious steroids and anti-inflammatories, it finally hit. And I think it was more of the exhaustion dealing with pain. Um, I couldn't get comfortable. That was it. My flag was up at Mercy. I was like, listen, I need to get in right away. So I was like, yeah, I just went to the hospital and uh, was able to go outpatient and get what I need. But I did. It took a good four hours. It was absolutely hell. Pure hell. And then deal with Eric. With this just up and down yo-yo behavior. Um, I have gone through numerous um, people to try to figure this out. And last night landed in the right hands. Um, and they were able to corner him. And it was strange. 
because the way cornering him, um, well, first of all, I'm having problems selling property because the realtor um, got tired of the waiting game and waiting for Eric, and he doesn't want to finish small things, and the realtor's like, listen, you know, we can sell as is, but there are some little things you have to take care of. Eric just drags his feet, um, we'll get back to him, and guess what? Realtor's no longer. This is the second realtor I've lost. So this is what I'm saying, people. It's not that easy. And you can't until properties are forced and stuff and sold, you can't kick people out. Even if they're an addict, you still can't keep kick their ass out. You can't. I got a hold of somebody who deals with addiction and uh, their crisis. And they literally, um, they pegged Eric. And the thing is, is they cornered Eric. And um, Eric got cornered for once. And I was absolutely flabbergasted. Um, how spot on. And then I'm more shocked of how did I not know. Um, but I was told you did last year. You did. You knew things weren't right. You got this erratic behavior of somebody. Um, losing a tremendous amount of weight. He's very waif. Um, to be honest, it's like walking skin and bones. And I'm not the only one seeing the decline. I know neighbors and stuff at the property are seeing um, just a complete spiral change. Um, he's encountered everyone. Let's <laughs> just say, I'm not joking. Um, you weren't going to stop him, folks. And uh, reacting off of somebody in his frame of mind, you're not going to win either. It would do no good because he doesn't care. I've reacted and responded. He's almost driving to the point of insanity. Um, and just arming myself with as many people to give me advice and expertise and non-involved third party. And uh, we're talking about professionals. But yesterday I was given a phone number of someone and I did not know I was dealing with um, crisis and intake and addiction. And um, we went over everything. They had me ask Eric questions and the grand hoo-ha-la was um, I told him he had responsibilities and that he agreed upon um, mere things just like paper towels or toilet paper is like pulling teeth. Um, I was in tremendous amount of pain. I couldn't get Walmart delivery to uh, deliver and we missed paper towels. So um, I've had to seize all the bank accounts. That was a flag I was told. When you can't trust my bank accounts and money's disappearing was a flag. Um, I've had to seize all bank accounts and have an attorney help me with that. So I do it the right way. Um, when you're going through a divorce process, I should have known I was dealing with someone who had some type of addiction, but um, I felt naive and I raised my hand because I always thought addiction was either alcohol addiction or um, drug addiction. I never knew that there are things that you can just buy at the store that you can use as upper and lower and high and low and high and low and high and low. And it alters your behavior, what you're thinking, your entire brain. You keep just consuming this stuff. Um, and I talked about this last year and I had to go back on the podcast. I was like, I'll be, I'll be darned. This is why I say a podcast and I keep this stuff is most important. Number one is for me. So I can go back and go, okay, all right, I dealt with this before. Um, but also if somebody is a professional and they need to go into the podcast and I flag them and say, listen, it's this month and this year, they can listen to it and educate me, give me the tools I need. I got a hell of a lot of tools last night, folks. And I realized, and I was told I'm dealing with an addict and this is an addict. This, this is not any normal addict. And this was not just going on while you were married to him. There's a pattern. There is a history way before you and it's addiction. And addiction surfaces in multiple ways and when someone is truly into addiction it can go in multiple types of addiction I know that but in a situation with Eric I was comfortable knowing like anything any prescription um, I get I've locked everything up um, I thought I was safe but see the thing is is when people are working and people have access to your bank account um, and you're married still and you're going through the process um, I always felt I couldn't control accounts and money was disappearing, but, um, talking to attorney, I realized we had to seize accounts and, uh, I explained to Eric, this isn't about control. It's because 
you don't understand the importance of responsibilities and bills and money's just disappearing but you can't explain to me where so I have to seize uh, the cards in that and then he would start going into the bank which he continues to do and he walks into the bank and he withdraws money so I'm taking this away and he's finding another this is how advanced I was told his addiction and his behavior is so this isn't someone just started as an addict this is someone like really really experienced addict addiction and they're doing it in a very odd way that most people wouldn't figure it out but they deal with nothing with addiction <laughs> and intake and helping people so they were able to help me and I was literally just jaw on the floor of a two and a half hour conversation um, yesterday evening and um, shocked uh, I should have picked up on it but I did pick up on it see I was told you did you just couldn't understand what type of addiction you're dealing with because there's all sorts of addictions but the thing is really it's a lot of times sometimes it's hereditary sometimes it's just behavioral um, another crisis intake said it was behavioral has to be willing to change himself first before they'll help him but then there's another side which is the addiction side and when people really really are deep in addiction um, and ready to hit rock, hit rock bottom which he is um, definitely was told he's gonna hit rock bottom uh, physically barely any weight on him I don't know how much he weighs he hides it with loose clothes it makes no sense because the thing is he does eat but the thing is is the addiction and what he chooses is burning his much if not more than the actual food itself and he's choosing foods that are feeding addiction so you're talking like things with sugar and caffeine and um, the need of the one of the high and low um, I, I told him I said listen talk to you I told him I said it's sad what you're doing and you're not wanting to help yourself and instead I get everybody's a liar um, it's everybody's fault um, I don't have a problem and I'm told this is exactly what's gonna happen so armed with education and uh, they're giving Eric an opportunity to uh, as they said they're gonna give him an opportunity to redeem himself redemption moment um, and it requires Eric writing of the changes he's gonna make and then he's gonna stick to them and uh, he will be legally bound to them can you force someone into an intake situation you can um, especially when they're becoming a danger to people when they're driving um, four collisions in less than five and a half months it's not just a random it's not because of animals across the road um, as I was told the first time was it possible there was a deer sure there was probably it was winter time but then two months later March hits now it's another animal and then the next time it was uh, another animal where I didn't know or my head hurts and then the next time it's oh, I don't know I don't know what happened um, as I was told that those were signs as insurance company picking up on it sure um, I know some people said how in the world did he get his own insurance well the thing is this insurance company is um, was doing him a favor um, on my behalf and um, the reason is is because until you sell off you know assets and properties and whatever you have and yada yada um, you still have to have insurance so insurance company wants to protect the person that they know you know um, try to remedy situations not working they've tried to talk to them too so it's really up to the underwriter and what they think and they give somebody the tools and they have a um, app that monitors his driving and let's just say um, he hasn't downloaded the app He's getting a, a program in insurance that requires him to do things and he's not doing it. Um, he'll get mail from insurance company and just puts it to the side, doesn't bother. Um, yeah, so he's, he's uh, hit, hit rock bottom. But uh, finding out, um, and some things I have to keep private, but I want people to know if you're going through this, you're not alone. So I share what I'm going through. I'm very selective um, for obvious reasons, but. Um, He's on his way, as I was told last night, um, from, uh, let's just say crisis, they deal with um, addicts, people with addiction, as I was told, he's hitting rock bottom. He's, he's one step there. Um, and the thing is, is he's gonna end up hurting somebody behind the wheel, and uh, you can't stop an addict and try to write a reason. And um, 
the weight loss is uh, just a reflect reflection of uh, someone who has problems and um, everybody's tried to talk to them, everybody's tried to help them. Um, multiple people, people not involved, um, law enforcement, you name it, have tried to talk to him and it does no good because you can't change people. This is what I mean when I say, you can't change people, folks. You can't change people. You can lead someone dying of thirst to the desert and the biggest, biggest well of water and go here, drink it. You're thirsty, you die of thirst, drink it. And some people just stand there with their arms full and say, no, I'm not. I was told you have to be careful and everybody has to be careful when you're dealing with someone who has addiction because how you come across and how you talk to someone can um, make matters worse. So being armed, meaning with education and how to deal with someone now that I know what I'm dealing with. Um, still flabbergasted. I said last year there are things over the counter like these supplemental energy drinks and these these shots of stuff and things to make you go to sleep and things to make you wake up and it's not as I was told it's not a joke what made me realize how serious it is and his choose his choosing his choice I was told of his addiction is his choice is because he's probably cannot get anything prescription if he could he would you got everything locked up he has no access and he's probably most likely has tried going and getting something or making a false claim of I'm sick or something or I'm not feeling well or was typical as told of addicts and gain access. He's probably unable to do that. So the next thing is, is usually is what easy access to get a high or a low or a high, high or low low, depending on how much you consume, is what's available at your stores, at your convenience stores, your supermarkets. And that's damn scary because I talked about this last year, but I didn't realize the seriousness of how addictive this stuff is. Um, I personally do not, I can't even drink a normal cup of coffee. Um, I'm like a third of a cup of coffee a a day if I drink regular and it's not decaf and I water the hell down I'm down with it protein shakes because I don't like anything that makes me feel jittery um, and I'm a hell of a patient with oncology in that because anything that makes me feel jittery or weird or anything I don't care what anti-inflammatory it is I'm not now one and done I don't like feeling like that see that's as I was told a non-addictive personality um, you don't have an addiction makeup and genetic or anything um, that's you but there's are, there are people out there like Eric who do, and it's easy. And his choice is what he can buy at the grocery stores, at the gas stations. And uh, last night, put to the test, um, had him go get paper towels, and uh, it got weird. It got really weird. It got weird. Um, I flipped my sleep schedule. Um, I was advised and I have been to very strict conversation, um, very little communication, responsibilities and things have to be text. He must contact me and be on contact a video call when he's walking the dogs. Um, now after last night of, you know, hey, can you stop by and walk the dogs and doing it while I'm sleeping, um, was very sneaky and that scared me. That had me concerned, like if you're gonna do that when I'm sleeping. So, um, he was told on a legal standpoint that when you agreed to walking the dogs and you understood for the seriousness is for my peace of mind but also for the well-being of the dogs because you have had four collisions and he understands that so last night he was given a warning you can't do it again um you can't so um i was told by um, those that be dealing with that part with eric is you take the leashes and you lock them in the same place you have other things that you don't trust them with so when he goes to walk them, you're awake. You know he has to turn on the video call before he leaves the property with the dogs walking them. And you are present during the whole walk. So he can't pull any fastness when you're sleeping. Say, these are just little things that when you're dealing with a lot of things, you don't think about it. But it's pretty basic. And this is why it's so important to arm yourself, folks, when you're dealing with, um, I was told addiction is a behavioral thing, so I'm just gonna say behavioral. I wasn't, I didn't know if I was dealing with somebody narcissistic. Um, I've had people say he's a covert narc. Um, I've had um, multiple professionals give opinions um, as the intake for addiction center said, it could be a covert narc, it does sound like it, but the addiction is really what you're dealing with truly right now. And people who are addicts are selfish. So if you want to say he's narcissistic, yes, of course, because he's selfish. He doesn't care what he's doing or getting behind a wheel and acting stupid. Um, losing control of his vehicle, as he said, it's not a collision. It's not an animal. It's losing control because you lost control of yourself. Um, there's some harsh damn words. 
Um, of course, Eric called him a liar and everybody else a liar. And I was told just ignore because that's the addiction behavior. There's your behavior. Um, so it's important I stay. I'm calm. And the thing is, I'm calm. And most people listen to go, how the hell are you calm? How the hell can you be calm? It's because I've been through a lot in my life. And uh, the, the hard, the tough stuff has changed me. Um, and ironically, and I have to say, this has changed me for the better. I've learned a hell of a lot of patience, but also a um, sense of peace and being calm. It's important, especially when you're dealing with somebody who has an addiction. I think in um, all actuality, it's, it's learned. You learn to be calm and keep a level head. And Lord knows, I have had my moments where I literally just, I mean, it doesn't good losing your cool with somebody. It doesn't. It doesn't good argue with somebody. It doesn't good raise your voice. It doesn't good. But now I realize what I'm dealing with. Uh, no, it's not going to do any good. You're going to just make matters worse for yourself and for everybody else, you know, that he encounters out in public. But four collisions in less than five and a half months is not because of an animal. It may have the first time, as I was told, but it's not. It's someone who's deep in their addiction. They're at rock bottom, and they're losing control of their vehicle because they lost control of themselves. Um, insurance company has given him a chance. They are monitoring his driving through a driver's app. Um, sorry. And I always encourage everyone, hands-free driving, folks, hands-free hands-free driving, especially those podcasts that have mobile podcasts, please hands-free driving. I'm sorry, that light. That was a long, that's still a long light. Holy. Holy cow, holy cannoli. It's like a protein shake, actually. Golden Graham, Strawberry Slim Fast, and Vanilla Ice Away with a little bit of Folgers Decaf Coffee water and some caramel Hershey's syrup. Oh my God, Steve Perry, oh Sherry. That was a rhyme, wasn't that? 84. <laughs> Great concert journey. Okay. I love when people like run on your, they hit their reverse and then you gotta hit your reverse. Okay, all right. That was a light. That was a long light. But um, being calm is just part of what you have to do. But uh, I'm gonna get into, like I said, I could trigger some, and, and some of these podcasts are gonna trigger some people, and I'm sorry. And if it is, um, there's a lot of people going through a lot of emotional and mental um, things, abuse, let's just say. And somebody put you through hell. Especially addiction. It's a mental abuse. It's emotional abuse. Um, different than physical abuse. The law doesn't look at it. The law looks at it differently. Um, depending on states. But uh, when you're dealing with addiction addict. Um, you ain't never going to win. If, um, they have to hit rock bottom on their own. Um, and sometimes they can be cornered. But it doesn't work usually. But an um, insurance company has him on... Um, smart driving or good driving or something I don't know what it is I drive like a grandma so um, I can't tell you last time I've had anything probably actually last time I had something was in Ohio when there was a weird crossing for a railroad and it said I couldn't go uh, I couldn't go left at a light because there was a railroad track it was strange I think it's just that little bitty city is just looking to make $200 every time somebody made a laugh because I know I wasn't the only one. And there was a sign like way ahead of the railroad track saying you can't go left at the light of a railroad track. It was just something weird, but this has been like over 15 years ago. I think that was the last thing they pulled out insurance company. But um, they have Eric on a smart driving app or something like that. And, uh, you know, I tell him I'm not involved. I know you want to get a hold of him, but you can't involve me. Um, it's not of my interest, set interest legally, per attorney, not of set interest and not responsibility. Um, but I understand the frustration. They're just good people and trying to give them a chance, but they don't understand. And now I do that it's a lost battle. Um, it is. So it's a lost battle. Um, I just pray that, uh, he's not going to be another Ann. I don't want to say her last name wrong. Ann Heck. Heck? Heck? I think it's Heck. Um, amazing actress. 
It's so sad. Um, but I don't feel sorry for her. And I'm going to say why. And I've said this before about addiction. I don't feel sorry for the person who's the addict. And why should you? Because while they're high, they don't give a damn. And they don't care who they hurt or who they kill. Okay? They're ruthless. There's no concern. Except for they're high or they're low. And that's the truth. Now, I do know that about addiction. I've been around somebody who had addiction. And I didn't know it then. Because I never in my life had been around addiction. It was the first time. Um... I was assuming addiction showed itself, reared itself a certain way, and uh, it wasn't the way it was being presented by the individual. Um, but it affected me. Uh, it affected my birth father. It affected my grandmother. And uh, I never forgave them. And I, don't, I, I may one day, my grandmother did, before she passed, God bless her soul. I'm definitely my grandmother's granddaughter. Redhead Spitfires. Um, one day I hope to be able to have forgiveness. Um, but I don't. I don't now. Um, I don't feel sorry. I don't feel sorry for people with addiction. I don't feel sorry for Eric. He's going to kill somebody on the road. Um, I agree with everyone. Um, he's going to either kill himself or um, it's going to be another... Um, I'm hoping he's not going to be a male version of Ian Hack where um, he gets so high he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And he ends up killing someone or someone's uh, I was told in a sense from the addiction and take crisis gentlemen that uh, the sad reality of this is 80% of the people survive the collision, the addict. Everybody else dies. To me, that's the universe karma and the wrath of God saying, I'm going to make you pay for it and be alive while you're doing it. To be killed would be far too easy. But I think we. Should, I think if I could talk to God, I'd say you need to spare the people that get killed by the hands of the addict, especially driving a a uh, motorized vehicle. Period. That's my opinion. Um, dealt with addiction before. I'm still flabbergasted, jaw on the ground. Um, but the signs were all there. I just couldn't put it together. Um, I was given tools and things that this morning I'm going to be reading um, for medical reasons. I have to take time off of work um, for obvious reasons, you know. Um, work requires a lot of thinking and creativity and when I'm trying to balance uh, adrenaline and hormones and things from the tumor and you're dealing with steroids, anti-inflammatories, it makes you feel pretty miserable, so uh, nauseous, and you don't really, the last thing you want to do is work, you can't focus. I've tried, and I've screwed up a project like two or three times, and um, it would never have taken me long as it did, but I wasn't feeling well, so I've had to step away. And I've also been dealing with Eric. Um, just could never put my finger on what in the hell's going on. I don't get it. Locking things up seizing bank accounts, having to work with the attorney, and every time I turn around as an attorney, it's like it's just always something. There's something more to this. It really is something more to this, and I believe one day we'll figure it out. And she was absolutely right. Um, it took someone to give me somebody else last night. He went to go get the paper towels. Um, it was a strange, other strange text message. Um, he returns with, and he's got to understand, he has bills and responsibilities, and he doesn't care. Um, comes back with a cake, two slices of cake. Um, I can't eat cake and anything really right now, but liquids. Um, a couple of bones for Snoring Blue. Now this is coming from someone who's never bought me a gift in 10 years, and I'm not joking. Um, I celebrate my fur kids' birthdays. My fur kids are my babies. He's never bought one thing for them without being asked, can you pick something up? Now all of a sudden you got me cake and you got me two bones. Um, I had to call the gentleman back, although Eric heard some of the conversation and called him a liar. Well, okay, well, he wasn't phased by it and um, I ignored it. He said, where's, uh, did you get the receipt? And I said, for the items he purchased? And he said, yes, did you get the receipt? And I said, no, why? And he's like, do you ask for the receipt when you ask him to buy things? Did you give him money? Did you give him cash? Or did you give him a credit card? I said, well, I temporarily gave him the card to one of the bank accounts. 
And he said, oh, okay, well, all right, did you get your card back? I said, well, yeah, he did. He said, well, I need you to get off the phone and call me back um, when you're in a location where he can't hear. And I said, okay, hang out in the garage, whatever. Um, he was doing stuff anyway, and he left. So he wasn't at the property. So I looked for a receipt, I couldn't find it. And I text him for receipt and say, hey, listen, I need the receipt. And he's like, receipt for what? I said, the receipt for Walmart. And he ignored me. And I thought, okay, this is weird. And then I started thinking, what did he buy that he should buy? Why do you not have a receipt? Um, maybe I'll call back. And I was talking to the gentleman who runs a crisis in the intake for addiction. And he said, because he's bought something to have an extreme low or extreme high. And that's why he's not giving me a receipt, because it's on the receipt. I thought, that's um, This is how spot on he nailed Eric. And he said, this is addiction right now, what's going on. And um, I said, okay, I'll text him as a receipt. And um, he guided me through the process, and he was 100, absolutely 100% spot on. Um, he had to basically corner Eric to let me know what else was purchased. Um, to be advised that although things you're purchasing can be purchased at a grocery store or a convenience store, but when you abuse and you use it for a high or a low, similar to cough medicine, I was told how teens were using, um, was it NyQuil or something? Or Rob I used to work for American Homes Products, so Robitussin, I remember when they had to pull that um, and put it over the counter. I forget what that drug was, what it fixed NyQuil to, they were getting high off of it. Um, I remember those days because I was working for a corporation at that time, but I was told but, um, and take that, yes, that's what he's doing. And I thought, why would he buy anything? It's nighttime. And he said, well, you don't understand addiction. Addiction is not just alcohol or prescription pills. There's all sorts of ways to make you get high. That's where I got another aha moment. I thought, this is really crazy because this has been going on for over a year, two years now. I wonder why, probably everybody here runs across and wonders why he looks absolutely like one step from death. It's because addiction is hitting rock bottom. Um, so I did that. I asked him for the receipt and then, and uh, he got combative about it via text. And uh, I said, well, the thing is, is anyone can contact and I can sign a release and have people, we could figure out what was purchased. If you're purchasing things that are supplements and that, that are at the grocery store gas stations, and you are constantly drinking, consuming this stuff, this stuff will literally eat you up. This will eat your brain. You will lose a ton of weight. Um, that stuff is uppers, and it has things that burn fat and calories really fast. And if you're constantly taking this stuff and consuming it, as say, Eric, you're literally getting the point of not frame of right frame of mind. If you bought something, and we, and the thing is we talked about this and he agreed with the therapist that he will never buy stuff like that again. Um, they explained to him the seriousness of getting addicted to that stuff. Um, although they didn't feel he was addicted last year. They thought it was just a personality disorder. <laughs> they were wrong um, because it got worse. So he agreed, no, I'm not gonna buy anything. And this is where I, I gained access to the bank account too at the beginning of the year. So I thought I was secure, but I didn't realize if someone has cash and they're working and they're around cash and they have access to cash and they're getting cash, well, what do you think they're doing with it? They're never gonna tell you what they're getting because they're using it to feed the addiction. You're never gonna see it. It's not a bank account, it's cash. You can't control that. I said, no, there's a lot of things you can't control. But I was told, yes, you can. So they did corner Eric and they said, you know, and told him that you may want in best interest to let me know what you purchased um, because it's for your best interest. And I think you know what I'm talking about because uh, if you continue the path you're on, you can lose your license permanently. You could end up getting in major trouble because although this isn't a prescription pill, you're still an addict. Um, he got really upset <laughs> with the gentleman. Um, I don't know really all what Eric um, had said and what was in his mind, but um, he was given a certain amount of time and he texted me and told me, yeah, I bought a, a I'll say Viper, some Viper, Venom, Venom drink or something like that. I guess it's an energy drink. And I haven't had time really to even look at 
um, the information sent to me from the Addiction Center um, to look at and understand and educate of what really has just been going on um, before I'm out of, there's a pattern there. Um, and I know too, when things last year, there was um, releases and stuff in medical records. So I know that there's things that have happened before I met him. Uh, at that point I was already married. <laughs> so serving a good. Um, but the thing is, is addicts relapse and uh, he's relapsed only once uh, of what the addiction center and crisis team believes from just everything in a general um, that was given an information from um, someone that I had been talking to third party who started thinking to themselves that this is something, wait a minute, this is mimicking an addiction, but it's not a normal addiction. So then they gave me the information to the addiction center, but uh, yeah, um, he's not relapsed. That's the problem. He's so far into it. Um, I did tell Eric too, this is sad of what you're doing to your life. This is sad, but you're not helping yourself and it's clear you don't want any help, but you're going to end up locked up one way or another. You're going to end up hitting rock bottom. Is it worth sitting years in a prison cell? Um, because you kill somebody on the road, or is it worth straightening yourself out? Um, I'll just say I'm working with someone who um, does crisis team, and um, they work with people that are in situations like me um, to corner and try to get the person who has the addiction and which addiction is behavioral to um, either a saving grace, as I was told, to turn it around, which can be possible, or when they hit rock bottom, they're there. Um, and usually I was told they end up in jail first. Um, and then it would be a mandate of a judge decision. Is this person suitable to stay in jail? Or should we jail and then addiction treatment center or addiction treatment center? Um, he's got a saving grace uh, this week, by the end of this week. And there are some stipulations and things that he needs to do. And I was told is there's no persuasion, there's no talking, and this is this is a decision that he has to make. He um, is perfectly understanding, he said, of where I'm coming from. So it's up to Eric. Um, if he wants a saving grace and not sit behind a cell, a cell for years, um, and as he said, the sad thing is, is 20% of people who are so far in their addiction don't care if they go to jail. They don't care if I sit in my cell. I said, that's crazy. And he said, not really, because they're so far in addiction. They're not thinking clearly. And that made sense. But there is a saving grace, but it requires things that Eric's gonna have to sign and he's gonna have to notarize and he's gonna have to hold himself accountable. And it's really, as I was told, accountability um, to get the person to understand and to admit that they have a problem and they need to go through steps to, um, get the change, which involves help, um, and starting with admission, admitting, um, admittance, excuse me, that they have a problem. That is the problem, as I was told, is because majority don't get to that point of freely understanding this is seriousness. You've had four collisions, and this is serious. Um, you have to sometimes, I was told, corner people, and I can't do it, and I'm not going to do it, and I was told you shouldn't have to, but um, other people can. So... Um, yeah, I'm still shocked. Also to the hospital too. <laughs> I'll take the rest of this in the parking lot um, before going in the labs. Gotta deal with that and cross uh, my fingers, injections and steroids and all that is working. I don't feel any pain right now, so got a pretty hefty dose in a little bit more, but um. I couldn't deal with Eric and deal with pain at the same time either. That would be absolutely ludicrous. But, um, gotta pause it for a second. But, um, it is, it is, uh, it's really serious. And, um, I was commended for taking necessary steps and protecting myself, protecting assets of what wasn't already taken. And <laughs> you lose a lot of money when you are um, attached any way, shape, or form to an addict. And uh, that was another sign, money disappearing. I thought I was losing it, and uh, I wasn't. I just had a strange feeling, and I was told it was good that you 
sees the counts and the cards and that, but when somebody's working a job and not a normal job and they're around money and cash and they have access to it, they're going to feed the addiction and it just gets worse. That's something that I was told that you were never going to be able to control and nobody can. Um, I was warned also, be careful. People who are addicts will flip the script. They will make you look like you're the problem uh, because it's a level of denial that they have an addiction if they realize that their decisions may be detrimental to them. Um, anyone that is around them, they will blame. Um, project is another word I've used before to project. Um, they can manipulate your friends, your family, coworkers, neighbors, anyone around them. Um, that's part of the addiction is denial, <laughs> flat out. Uh, I've had it happen. I've had some strange things happen. Um, I've got... Uh, uh, it's unfortunate, I'm going to say this, but my ex-in-law's um, immediate family member um, had a not nice conversation. They exploded on me um, with anger. And um, I told addiction center what had happened. I said it was just a strange conversation. And it felt like, uh, like why are you blaming me for things of your family member's decision there's nothing to do with me um i'm not driving um i'm not doing this stuff and uh there were some things that they had to be aware of uh they had no choice and uh they got angry with me excuse me i kept my cool and i said sir can i ask why you're yelling at me why are you talking to me like you are like I'm letting you know some things because it's important and you are literally like yelling at me. This is not the first time. I was told by addiction intake, it's not necessarily that they're taking the anger out on you. It's they also have a level of frustration with their own loved one because they may already get a sense or have already talked to somebody already know that there is probably an addiction, obviously no behavioral issue. And um, an addict will flip the script and they'll blame anybody they can, including any family member for their addiction. And anything that comes out of any um, repercussions or any um, consequences and things of their behavior and actions that happen, like collision. Well, now you blame it on an animal. It's always an animal. So it's always, as I was told, it's something or someone else's problem, but not the addicts. And that's normal um, until they get help. And they detox and they get clean and their brain is basically functioning normal properly um, and not the, the feeding and the desire to a high high low low um, Eric would like eat like things like he'll eat something and he'll like it's strange like if it's chocolate he'll literally things that are weird like I used to crave a lot of sugar um, before oncology treatments because uh, the tumor was huge I had an ovary grow back that was removed so I had back then even two cycles a month so my hormones were way off. Um, I had Addison's then, but it was just kicking in to full gear. I would crave things, but Eric will take a bottle of Hershey syrup, a large, extra large bottle, and he'll consume it in two days. And I'm, ta ta I'm not talking about putting on ice cream or anything, just with the spoon. And to me, I told the crisis um, gentleman that these are things that, oh, is that part of the addiction? And I was told, yes, certainly, uh, it's sugar. You, know, you may not absorb sugar and things right because of you know current medical issues, but he's consuming things to feed an addiction to feel good. It's a serotonin. It's, a, it's that's normal. It may be strange. It's normal. Um, there'll be times I told him I, and I would get food, and I very rarely order food, but when I do, um, I'm sorry, my fur babies are my kids, so it's like I'll get something, I'll take a couple of bites. It's pretty much all I can do, and. I'll have two days, you know, food, and I'll give them a little treat or whatnot. Um, if it's fish, I get the cats, you know, some fish. It'll be sufficient. And it's weird because I would literally put the leftover in the microwave, and I go back and it's gone. Me and Eric would get into disagreements, and it's not—it's not like it's not silly. I mean, I thought it was, I used to think it was silly, but then talking to somebody who deals with addiction and intake and crisis. As I suppose that's silly. He was probably high. Um, you had food. It was, you know, desirable for him. 
Um, he's high, he'll eat whatever, which he'll eat everything. So he should weigh a lot, right? But his choosing of addiction is uppers, 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 and all these supplement drinks, these monster energy drinks, and the venom or, or vampire or whatever it's called, um, that he purchased at 11 o'clock last night. That's not normal. If you're complaining you're tired, you don't get a viper or venom or vampire drink or... I have to look it up because this just happened last night at 11 o'clock. Um, it's the truth. What time is it? I was just looking. But um, I didn't get in for labs. They just opened at 5. So uh, I'd have to go through a different part of the hospital for 24 hours. But I want to go to the quick part labs so I can get this drawn and... They can stat it and make sure I'm good to go. I feel good about it. Um, thank God. No more neuropathy pain. But this is seriously, we get into arguments over food. And I tell Eric, hey, listen, if you want to have a bite of something that I've purchased, this was going on for the past two years, which has got really crazy. It was on and off some things. When we go out drinking, um, it was strange. I, can't, I have a um, memory of... Uh, New Year's and this was like eight years ago um, it was before oncology and um, I kept track of thought of what he was drinking but the thing was is and he admitted this and I go to the bathroom and he's like afterwards he tell me like two days later oh I'm sorry if I acted it was inappropriate and he'd be a belligerent nasty mean drunk it's just weird um and then he'd tell me, because I look at the bank account, like, where's all these shots coming from? Like, did you buy some my shots? I mean, where's these shots? Like, $30, $40, $50 worth of shots. In New Year's, it was over $110 worth of shots. And I'm not joking. I'm not joking, folks. So this is going for a long time. Um, and in my mind, I'm thinking, maybe you just want to have a good time. You know, and Crisis was like, yeah, he was a good time. He's getting high. Um, it just depends on what his choice is. And he's going all going out on all levels when he wants to get high or he wants to get low low and that's it um it's an escape mechanism but it's way before you it's nothing to do with you don't blame yourself don't fault yourself it's his decision on how he behaves and it's an addict's decision nobody else's so don't blame yourself and i don't like i said i dealt with this one other time but um it was a short-lived um it didn't last long this is last years um what's the chances you know dealing with this again, which is jaw on the ground. Like, seriously. Seriously. Um, disappointing. It's the only word I really think of. But we get into it about food. When we went on New Year's Eve, and I remember because I got photos, um, we got into it. Um, I didn't say anything, but he was really nasty, cussing me out, and it was really weird. Um, I was dealing with somebody who was an addict. I go to the bathroom. I'd say, I'm going to be back. I go to the bathroom. And I remember exactly, it was a casino in Ohio and I met some of his army friends out and some of my friends and we all had a good time and they were buying him, was it Vegas Bombers or something like that? I don't know what it is. And I always, if I drank, it was like a vodka or a glass of wine and um, I haven't drank a long time. I just have no desire. Um, now I definitely have no desire, rightfully so. But um, yeah, two days later, bank account, what is this? I thought like somebody hacked the card or something or went and they buy shots for somebody else with the card at the, you know, the casino and uh, Eric, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. Yeah, when you went to... So he was doing this when I went to the bathroom. So there I kind of had a level of distress like that's kind of weird. But there's other things too. Like I said, I order food, he'd eat it. I go into the bathroom, I come back in um, an hour, a couple hours later and put in Rell's wrap on or whatever or put in a Tupperware container I usually do and it's gone. I'm like, where's the food I ordered? What do you mean, where's the food? Where's the food? I ate it. I'm like, I I ordered that food for me and the fur kids. If you wanted part of it, just ask. But Eric, I'm limited on what I can eat. And in situations where I order food would be before surgery or treatments or something where I'm, I'm seeking to gain weight by calories. And let's face it, I can't consume a lot. Um, for internal reasons, medical reasons out of my control. So he knows I'm limited, such a limited diet as it is. Um, I always looked at it as rude. But it wasn't just one time he'd do it. He would do it all the time. And we'd get in arguments over it. Um, but the thing is, is talking to and taking in, you know, crisis last night is he was high. He was high. So I can tell you he was high. It didn't matter what you bought. 
if it was good or not. When they're high, they're high. They're going to eat everything. And he would. Um, but a sugar part, um, snack cakes. Uh, and I've talked about this before on podcasts. I know I have. They consume every snack cake. If there are three boxes of snack cakes or... Um, when he was a deputy, they would have like baked goods and things for holidays or whatever, or he'd take stuff home and he would eat everything like in one sitting. It was weird, like in the same thing. Um, but I was told that's an addict. It's a craving. It's, you're feeding the high. So it's normal. Um, but he kept taking my food. Crazy. And I'm going to be honest by saying this. I had to literally lock up my food that's not refrigerated um, in a closet to keep him from eating it because let's just face it it got to the point where if I didn't lock it up he'd eat it all and he didn't feel bad about it either no I'm sorry or nothing I always told him it's just flat out rude I wouldn't do that to you I'm on a limited diet why are you doing this uh, there there would never been no um there would never been a reason or a reason or a right reason because I could give it now I understand why but that's how bad it got folks um literally things that refrigerated um, I literally would have to do a count and just a blue piece of painter's tape and write down what I had. That's how crazy it got. But now I understand why it's crazy. It's not really crazy. It's the addiction that makes things crazy. Um, crazy. Going off on people in the neighborhood. Um, and then he pretended like he don't remember. Did he remember or not remember? Caught on security camera. I mean, one gentleman, he cussed his ass out. Um, probably five times the size of muscle of Eric. He could have stomped him like a... You know, a Spanish fly. <laughs> uh, sir, if you're listening or someone within the area, because I'm sure there's many people listening to this podcast, I just want to say relate to the gentleman that, uh, God bless you for having patience, sir, um, because you could have squashed him like a Spanish fly. And uh, I did see on security camera, and you were mighty, I mean, he was ready to get squashed. Uh, give yourself a round of applause for having the willpower to refrain yourself um, self-control I told this to the crisis as well he's gotten into it with everybody um, I'd be thoroughly embarrassed I don't want to be around it I was embarrassed embarrassed um, now now um, not when it involves the guys no but uh, that's just part of the addiction um, normal person if you're a tiny guy and a guy who's muscular and you know, lifts, obviously. You wouldn't be stupid, you know, to uh, smart mouth and come back. But when you're an addict, as I was told, there is no limits and there is no restraint because they don't care. So that's good that the gentleman refrained himself. That's good. And everybody else, gentlemen, who refrained yourself from Eric. And if you don't listen, now you do. Who refrained yourself from Eric? You were never going to win that battle because you're dealing with somebody that's not thinking clearly in the right frame of mind. And that's coming from an intake crisis for addiction. I gotta go into laps. I'm so glad I... See, I already feel like I've got like a huge weight off my shoulder. Um, I've retreated for a while with the podcast. I haven't been myself. And for people wondering why and people emailing me, are you okay in that? Um, I wasn't okay because I was dealing with someone that I couldn't figure out what was going on. And it's a downhill spiral with this person. And I've had to literally go to extremes of protecting myself and assets and, and everything. And um, getting people involved. Third party, non-involved people. And getting them involved and professionals. So I've had to take that time and not work. And um, the work I have done has been limited with projects and that. And I continue with businesses. But... Um, Let's just say, as uh, they said last night, we've just cracked the surface. We just scraped the surface. Um, now you know what you've been dealing with and why. You have an answer. Now the next step is what do we do? We've given Eric an opportunity for redemption um, to make good decisions, as, uh, as he stated. He has to make be willing to make good decisions on his own without any influence or anyone because I want him to acknowledge he has a problem. And that means nobody getting involved. So, and refrain. Don't argue. Because you're arguing with somebody who's an, is an addict and you're not going to win. Now I know. <laughs> you know? 
Um, what a therapist. This is terrible. They thought it was just a narcissistic thing, covert narc, um, based off of behavior and that and cheating and things he's done. Um, they said something else is there. They just couldn't put their finger on it. Um, but they're not a crisis or addiction center or, you know, a um, mental health provider that deals with crisis and health addiction. So they wouldn't have known, can't fault them. But they said instead of, like, arguing with him, use a spray bottle and just, you know, spray him. Like, listen, I'm not going to have, you know, this kind of talking to me and cussing at me is kind of disrespect. Um, as a woman, I'm not going to tell her I'm going to spray him. That was wrong to spray him. Um, that was wrong. And <laughs> told by the, it's not funny, but the addiction crisis said, uh, that's because you just aggravated somebody who was probably high. Um, now you're a B-I-T-C-H and quite a few other words. And uh, his, um, as I was told, is like a tantrum is I'm going to not work, I'm going to not do my responsibilities, I'm going to not do this, I'm not gonna do that, um, and I'm not gonna do anything. And I'm not answering the phone, and I was told Stonewall, which I'm still learning this stuff. Stonewall is someone who um, uses um, ignoring you basically as control mechanism, as a payback. I think it's Stonewall, Stonewalling. But, um, Got worse. So see, it didn't work, spraying spray bottle. But now they know I'm dealing with them. Why the hell would I want to spray somebody else? I'm spraying a fly, you know? It didn't work. It's good advice, I was told, for somebody maybe who is strictly narcissistic. It doesn't have addiction, and addiction is what really the problem is. Um, on the way back from the hospital, I was told that maybe to see, have you see how serious this is? Did you go past where he had the, um, went over a wall and he actually totaled out. It was a, uh, Kia. I think I posted the pictures of a silver Kia. Um, it was a complete loss. So I went to the loss department's insurance company. Um, and the thing is, is there was confusion in crossing of paperwork. So that's why I'd put on there to let people know insurance company did remove me and make sure that I'm, there's no liability and I'm not getting involved with any responsibility of a driver. Um, who's basically not in it reckless. So legally dealing with that and just some things through LexisNexis that's getting taken care of. But I was told this morning that uh, last night, um, while you're out in the morning, as I told him, I'm probably not gonna be able to get any sleep until I'm back from the hospital and get things done. And uh, they asked me, they said, do you live close to where he had, um, not this past collision, ran off the road somewhere in the woods or somewhere, I don't know. That's just what he says. I have no idea. I just know he took the whole side of the car down and rearview mirror. Looks like it had scissor hands got it. And um, he almost caused a fire um, because he hit the gas tank. So he almost ignited the gas tank. Um, he's fortunate it got done and in, but it didn't affect and touch to a point with the gas. He got lucky because I was told he could have started a fire. Um, it been serious, especially if he really did reckon a wooded, hill, wooded hillside. Um, yeah, that hasn't been turned in by insurance. Um, and whatever he's going to do is not of my responsibility. That's his decision and his behavior, and, and they agreed. I mean, don't get involved in not. But I was told the collision he had before that, where he called you, like, acting weird and crying is because he was high. Um, now it's the truth. He lost control, and that's what they 100% believe. Or he was on a low low and just blacked out, um, which is part of addiction too. They said, I, I need you to stop by. Can you drive by? Do you know where it happened? I said, yes, because um, there was an individual that was a county worker that actually stopped. And uh, they had an officer, obviously. I didn't know. I wasn't there. I didn't go there. I didn't uh, pick him up there. I didn't want to go anyway. Because I told him, if you're going to ask again, don't call me. You have to call your dad or somebody because I'm not getting involved. Um, legally, I don't have to. But uh, I knew from calling the police department and that the logistics, and I told him, I know exactly. I'm not from Indiana, but I know where the street and where they're talking about. So this morning he said, when you get back and there's light out um, and you're coming back from the hospital in the morning, I want you to stop by, if you can just drive by, because I think you really need to see what you're reading on the report and see actually visually what took place. 
to make sense of really what took place. And you told me because sometimes that helps people to realize, first of all, it's not your fault. Second of all, you're never going to change him. And nobody is. And third, he's got to hit rock bottom or he's got to have a redemption moment. He has no choice now and he's back against the wall. It's not going to be happy. He either does a redemption or he's going to end up in jail or prison. Um, I was told to stop by. I told him, I, I don't think I could stop where it's located, but I definitely could drive by. It's not a, you know, depending on the time, I don't think it would be. I'm not from this area, but I don't think it would be that busy. But I was told you need to, because you need to see. You know what happened, you read it, and I need you to see it. And you'll understand what I mean. Don't ever fault yourself for something that's not of your control. Um, an addict is responsible for their behavior and their decisions, and no one should be enabling it, appeasing it, and don't ever feel sorry and blame yourself because it's not. Um, you've done more than you can to help him, and he doesn't want to help himself, so it does no good. But be careful because he will manipulate anyone for money. Um, he will manipulate his own family. If he can't manipulate his parents, he'll manipulate, manipulate anyone as part of feeding the addiction. So secure the bank. Make sure you take money, keep taking money, make sure you're paying bills with it so you can say, hey, listen, when the money's not there and he's wanting to have access or walking into the bank, which he's doing now, he started to walk into the bank. It's crazy. I thought somebody literally was walking to the bank and posing on the account. And I realized because Eric didn't tell me it was Eric. This has been like 10 times he's done it. Um, I tell him you need to let me know because I manage the bills, thank God, and I always have, and I'll continue until the last day and last sign off and divorce one and done um, he's not he just walks in but uh, I was told be careful because he'll manipulate anyone for money um, he knows he can only get away with so much for you, with you because now you know and he knows you know I told him I felt that already um, things are very different with me and him um, and that's the truth but now that I know and I'm armed with education and finally figuring out what the hell's been going on. Now I know. I know how to respond and act. Um, it's unfortunate I've been around this before. Just not to the extent. Um, I'm sorry folks, but I don't feel sorry for the addict. I never will. Um, and they don't care what they're doing to you. Or if they kill someone, they don't care. They're too wrapped up into their addiction. I didn't need to hear them be told that. I already knew that. Experienced it. They'll go to any extreme possible. And if they can lie, cheat, and steal from their own flesh and blood, or family or anyone involved or people that you would never think they'd do anything to, they're gonna do it to get money to feed the addiction. It's the truth. But um, I was told to stop by, put the pieces together and visualize and see, because you know you read it. Now I want you and I need you to see. I'm gonna do exactly what you suggested to do. Not because I have to, because I think it's gonna help me. To understand a lot um, he's cornered now he's hit rock bottom he's officially there it's his choice to redeem himself which would be as he was told for his best um, it would be for his best decisions to redeem himself and to make sure everything's in writing and he'll be held to it if not as he was told he's gonna end up locked up one way shape or form he's gonna do himself in and uh, probably not gonna get out for a long time. But that's up to him, not up to anyone but him. And you can't change people. His decision will be his decision, his behavior is his, and it's no one else's but his. So, um, yeah. Life uh, is not always easy. Uh, sometimes you have to question, I think, why did God put me in a situation? I am. I had that <laughs> podcast, I took it down, but I had a. Uh, Jesus said you need the Bible on your phone. It just randomly popped up yesterday um, before talking to a third party and they said I need you to call this individual because I think I think they'll be able to tell you what exactly was going on and figure out finally what we need to do. Okay. Um, I downloaded that app. I'm a very spiritual person. I don't need to go to church to be in tune um, or say with God, with spirit. Um, I believe in signs. I most definitely did. Um, I downloaded that app. And uh, 
life's tough. This isn't going to be easy, but I've been through worse. Um, I've been through worse. There's nothing worse than um, what I've experienced with oncology and fighting for your life. And uh, some of the most hellacious treatments I've ever been through and a feeling of being burned alive and willingly going to it every day. Um, There's nothing worse that I'll ever face for the rest of my life, worse than that. So for people who think this is the worst ever and I can't, you know, this has got to be the worst thing ever she experienced, it's not. There'll never be anything worse than that. And especially knowing that I was by myself and I went through it alone because I was dealing with an addict by my side.